Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow. Mad cow. Mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sci-Fi Nation, welcome to the show here on another Friday afternoon. Sci-Fi Line with the coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he's got a boast. Now raise your toes to the coach with the most, because if you don't, he's going to roast. Coach Mike Jones, real fast before we jump into it, some show notes if you're looking for some pro wrestling tonight. WCWO at the Outlaw Arena, 1151 South Kentucky Avenue in Indianapolis, Indiana. FGW in Hamilton, Ohio. AIW in Eastlake, Ohio. Tomorrow night, Blue Collar Wrestling returning to Whole Scene in Portland, Oregon. Pro Wrestling happening tomorrow night in Rawway, New Jersey. ESW in Niagara Falls, New York. NEW in Bethany, Connecticut. MPG in Bloomington, Indiana. FGW with a special day tomorrow night in Hamilton, Ohio. Relentless Wrestling in Liberty Lake, Washington, and 5CC in Bellingham, Washington. Coach, belated happy Thanksgiving to you. Coming off the big holiday, looks like we got some pro wrestling all over the map this week as we await our guest today. Nice, yeah. Thanks for having me on today again. It's an honor and privilege to be on the greatest podcast in the world, Turnbuckle Turmoil. Absolutely. We want to wish all the fans here in the States a belated happy Thanksgiving. Hopefully everybody had a safe holiday. Hopefully everybody will head over to the local arenas, watch some wrestling. Great wrestling happening this week. We have Alex Shelley hitting the state of Washington for the first time, I believe, this week. He'll be at Relentless tomorrow and he will be at WAC in Everett on Sunday. So if you're a fan of Alex Shelley, and if you are in the Pacific Northwest, now is the time to get there and see him live and in Technicolor. Coach, have you ever fought Alex Shelley? No, I haven't, but uh, I've followed him for a long time, and he's going to be in Oregon, too, at uh, Prestige, isn't he? I believe that is a couple of months down the road, but yes, I believe he is scheduled for prestige. Nice. Yeah, he's impressive. Absolutely. One half of the Motor City Machine Guns. Imagine if they were to do a match against the American Guns. You'd have all kinds of ammo being used. <laughs> yeah. Or the World Two Army's got some... Uh, 50 calibers also. <laughs> yeah, imagine if the match was a triple threat, so you had the real school army, and then they had to choose their weapon. Is a an American gun, or is it a Motor City machine gun, which is also technically an American gun, because 
the Motor City is right here in the U.S. of A. Yeah, we probably have to go with the Gatling gun. Has there ever been a sports entertainer with the name the Gatling gun? If not, why not? I know, yeah, not that I recall. Somebody needs to get on that quick and fix that. Have, like, Gatling Gun Jones or something as a sports entertainer here in the Pacific Northwest. Nice. Yep, and uh, uh, QT got a hold of me and has some questions for uh, Jacob today also. Fantastic. He should be joining us shortly. I believe we actually have him here. Let's go to the phone line. Do we have Jakob Hammermeyer with us? Do we have Hello? Mr. Hammermeyer? Hello. Mr. Hammermeyer, thank you so much for being okay, with us. I was on the phone. Uh, Song Guys Show. We definitely appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, hopefully you had a very nice holiday yesterday. Ready to talk some wrestling here with us. Uh, do I, I appreciate everybody having me on the podcast today. I, I, I did have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and I hope you did the same. Absolutely. Now, since today is the first time that you've been with us, I will start you out with our traditional first-time question. How did you get into the business of pro wrestling? Uh, well, I... Uh... I had always wanted to do it ever since I was a little boy. Uh, and then I I, uh, I kind of got away from being a fan when, whenever you hit puberty and you start liking girls and you realize girls don't really like wrestling. So you, you get away from liking wrestling. And then uh, sometime when I was uh, in high school, uh, probably about a junior, I watched a John Cena promo, and he got me hooked back into wrestling again. So then I decided, hey, I want to become a wrestler. And uh, I found a local wrestling school uh, that the main uh, – the, the head coach was Ares uh, from Swiss Money Holding and, uh, and the, you know, the Brutus Chef Days Croesus, and he trained me up, and uh, I got into the pro wrestling business that way. Now the – time that I got to work with you, of course, was when we were on a gouge show together, gouge being gimmicks only underground grappling entertainment based in North Carolina. Uh, you've been with gouge off and on for quite some time. Can you tell us what led to you being a proud member of the gouge roster? Well, Count Grog called me up and said, hey, I I got this uh, constant thorn on my side that's known as this one really stupid jerk named Seymour Snot. And I said, well, you know, flash me a little bit of that green count grog and Jakob Hammerman will come in and take care of business because that's what he does. And so, of course, count grog uh, greased the palms of all Jakob Hammermeyer, and I went to go do what I do best, and that's throttle the life out of your favorite heroes. And uh, and Gouge, one of their favorite heroes, is the Devo-loving Seymour Snot. So I had to go choke him out here or there, punch him in the face, you know, and all, all the regular stuff that you do uh, when you are a indeed a villain uh, and you have to do what needs to be done in punching stupid jerks in the face. 
Now, in that particular match, it was Count Grog that punched me in my face. I did not appreciate it, but despite being punched by Count Grog, I was still able to count the pinfall, but I counted it for Seymour Snot, who defeated you in what could only be described as one of the top five four-corner trick-or-treat matches in the history of gouge that happened in 2016. So what were your thoughts once that three-count went against you? Uh, Collusion, first and foremost. I said, obviously, this referee has it out for me. Uh, I should have won that four-corner trick-or-treat match, fair and square. Obviously... Count Grog did his best to try to even the odds in my favor, but the collusion from uh, the authority uh, that I'm currently speaking to right now uh, was just too much to overcome. And I tried to valiantly and handsomely, but I just was not able to. And I, and so, I, you know, first and foremost, just I'm just going to go with the baseline. Collusion was the problem that day. I was fighting, basically, I was fighting not only the Seymour Snots, but I was fighting the referee as well, and that's just not fair uh, for me, who's an upstanding, handsome gentleman. In this uh, four-corner trick-or-treat match, at one point, we all reached into the bag, we pulled out candy, but you yourself pulled out a rock. What were your thoughts as you pulled this rock out? And thank you for not hitting me with the rock, by the way. Oh, well, I, after the match, I, I realized I absolutely should have hit you upside the head with that rock. But, no, I, I couldn't help but feel like uh, like Charlie Brown, you know. you know, I, I, Not only because I, get, I got a rock, but because uh, Gouge always seems to set me up just like Lucy holding the football for old, poor old Charlie Brown. And right as I go to take what's mine in Gouge, Lucy pulls the football away, and I, ah, as I land on my back. It's very painful, and it's not fair. Now, you've been around wrestling for quite a while, so I know that this was not your only stipulation match that you've had in your career. You've had a lot of stipulation matches, I'm sure. What do you think about the stipulation matches as opposed to just your standard one-on-one wrestling match? Uh, I, I think that uh, the stipulation matches are important uh, to progress uh, a certain storyline, um, but they shouldn't just be kind of thrown out willy-nilly. Uh, I, I think whenever a traditional wrestling match uh, gets maxed out to the, the, the dramatic tension between two characters, then it should uh, be elevated to some type of stipulation or, and or a gimmick match, however you want to put it. Do you have a particular favorite stipulation match that you've done in your career? Uh, favorite that I've done? Um, I had a ladder match with Joe Black one time for the Premier Wrestling Federation. I, I look back pretty fondly on that. Um, I did a Royal Rhombus match, which was like 16 people in one match for Chikara one time. Or Rhombus, there was, well, how many teams was there? There was 
teams of three, four teams, 12 yeah, so there was 12 people in the match, four four teams of three. It was called a Royal Rhombus match. That was a pretty interesting gimmick. And uh, I, I, those are probably my two answers for that question. All right. Now, you have wrestled for many promotions in your career, and that means you've gone to places where crowds have been multiple different sizes, both small and big. At this point in your career, what would you say has been the biggest crowd where you've performed? Um, I wrestled one time as Rorschach at a Comic-Con in Raleigh, North Carolina. That was probably in front of 2,000 people or so. And then there was another time in Easton, Pennsylvania, I wrestled at a King of Trios for Chikara. And there, there was probably about 2,000. About I, Probably the max crowd I've had I've wrestled in front of was about 2,000 people. Now, pro wrestling, as we know, is something that a promoter can take anywhere and he can put his ring up as long as there's enough room, put some chairs there, and that is a wrestling venue. We've seen some unusual venues over the course of wrestling's history, but we've also seen some very, very beautiful venues where people love to go to perform, and usually people will have one or two buildings that become their personal favorites. Do you have that venue that is your favorite venue where you get to go to wrestle? Uh, it used to be the ECW arena. Uh, those shows always felt like uh, big-time events whenever we had them at Jakara, and uh, it always was really cool to perform in some place that had so much uh, wrestling history inside of it. So that's my answer. Also, the Logan Square Auditorium in Chicago was a really fun venue. Uh, Chicago's a really fun crowd. Uh, that's, prob- that's probably my two favorite places that I've ever wrestled. What would you say has been the strangest venue where you've ever competed? Um... Uh, strangest venue. Well, I, I didn't compete in it per se, but I, I put on an event in my backyard during COVID uh, uh, for IWTV. I, it was Colby Carino's backyard birthday brawl. Uh, and we, we put on a show for Colby Carino's 20 something birthday. And uh, one of his tag partners, uh, Lance Lude, uh, jumped off my house. One of, one of the uh, ugly ducklings jumped off my house in a crossbody onto a pile of people. It was a lot of fun. So I would say that's probably the most unusual place that I, I've been a part of a show on. But I just do commentary and put on the events on the uh, the Premier Wrestling Federation shows that are on IWTV, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook. You can get it pretty much everywhere if you guys want to check those shows out. we got a lot of fun uh, fun events. Now, when you do an event like that and it's at your home, do you have to have an event insurance policy or does your homeowner's insurance policy cover all that? 
Uh, it wasn't an event because I didn't sell tickets. I just uh, was practicing wrestling in the backyard with a couple buddies. So uh, I, it wasn't an event. It just I I filmed some videos with a ring in my yard. Gotcha. Okay. Now you wrestle in the North Carolina area quite a bit. Uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, that region. That was the home in the territorial days of Jim Crockett promotions. And a lot of times the fans of a certain region will gravitate towards the style of wrestling that was there in the territorial days. And you'll see a lot more uh, active, a lot more vocal fans of that style than if a promotion does a different style of wrestling in a certain area. Do you, just as a performer, ever get the sense that when you're in the Carolinas, that is what the fans tend to gravitate towards, more of a Jim Crockett promotions type of feel? Uh, Maybe to a certain degree, but for the most part, I think people are just hungry for good wrestling, whether it's, you know, something that's more aligned with, Jim Crockett, or uh, where it's maybe a little bit more Tennessee-based style, or, or if you you know start to have some more uh, what the kids call bangers of matches nowadays. Uh, I think it all plays as long as you tell a good story and uh, you have compelling characters in the ring telling those stories. So I I I think to a degree you got are onto something, but not necessarily. Uh, a hundred percent where you could like trace it to be like, yeah, for sure. That's the Jim Crockett thing right there. Now, as someone that has been around wrestling for quite a while and as someone that does work in a historical area like the Carolinas where wrestling was huge for so long, do you, find yourself studying the history of professional wrestling? Do you read a lot of books and talk to historians and that type of thing to learn more about the sport, or do you focus more on the here and now of pro wrestling? Uh, I I studied the the history of it more so when I was training uh, about a decade ago. I, I was reading uh, all the books I could find, Rick Flair's book, Mick Foley's book, Fred Hart's book, all, all the books. Uh, that I could get my hands on all of Chris Jericho's books. Uh, and then I like to go back and watch old old uh, wrestling just to get ideas and stuff of maybe things that aren't getting done today that, you know, bring bring something old that, that could be new to today. So I try to get ideas for fun spots and stuff like that. But for the most part, no, I'm not much of a historian. Um, I know it feels weird for someone who dedicates their life to pro wrestling to say that, but um, I just, I'm, I'm not, I was a bad student in, in school for a reason, and that's carried on to my adult life as well. So there's uh, not a lot of studying going on when there probably should be. And uh, I love to learn and I love to watch certain things. Like as soon as there's a documentary out about something that happened in the past, I'm, I'm consuming it. But in terms of just being like, reading like i'm not gonna go read 
anything. So if it, if I'm going to learn history, it's got to be in some form of uh, something I can consume via my eyeballs and sitting on the couch and just watching TV. Now, you're sometimes manager of Count Grog, and your arch nemesis, Seymour Snot, very often can be ah. found at the Cauliflower Alley Club meetings in Las Vegas. Uh, they go just about every single year. Have you yourself ever ventured out to a CAC meeting? Have I ventured out to what? The Cauliflower Alley Club meeting. I have not. I have not. But uh, obviously, if Seymour Snot's heading his way over there, then uh, Count Grouch is keeping tabs on him. I can't believe that they would ever associate with one another you know, for any other reason outside of the fact that Count Grog was trying to get Seymour to lower his guard, and we were going to, of course, come up with a plan to attack him later when, uh, whenever he least suspected. That was the take I had on it, that he was just setting up Seymour snot, because Count Grog can be treacherous, as you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't wear a cape without getting treacherous. That's true words. And like we said, Count Grog, of course, manages you, but he is far from the only great manager that is out there. Uh, I'm sure you've worked with several managers over the course of your career. Who would you say are some of the managers out there that fans may not know, but they're definitely great managers that should be more well-known? Um, I think Malcolm Bivens and NXT is the best manager in pro wrestling right now. This side of Paul Heyman. I think it goes Paul Heyman, number one. And then I'd go Malcolm Bivens, number two, after that. And uh, not everybody watches NXT, but they should. And uh, Malcolm Bivens is just so, 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 so talented. And uh, I believe he's going to take Diamond Mind and, and any other clients that are lucky enough to get him to represent. Uh, they're going to go straight because I just have all the faith in the world in Malcolm Bivens. Well, we have a game we like to play on the show. I think you're a perfect candidate for this game. We call it Bring On the Choice, Bring On the Funk. I'll ask you a series of two options, and the one that is just your own personal choice is the answer. Are you prepared for a round of Bring On the Choice, Bring On the Funk? Sounds good. Okay, here we go. First one, pinfall or submission? Pinfall, baby. I'm going to knock your ass out, and then I'm going to pin you one, two, three. Steel cage match or a lumberjack match? Uh, steel cage match. I don't want anybody else getting involved in my business. I can handle myself. Thank you very much. Impact Wrestling or Ring of Honor? Uh, Ring of Honor, for me personally. I, I enjoy the, uh, as a fan, uh, growing up about 10 years ago, I was much more into Ring of Honor than I was uh, anything else that wasn't WWE at the time. Water or Gatorade? 
Water. Well, if you're hungover, Gatorade hits pretty good. But what you can't beat water because it's uh, what your body runs off of, essentially. New York or New Mexico? Uh, I have a lot of friends from New York, so I'll say New York. I haven't really met anyone from New Mexico yet. Summer Olympics or Winter Olympics? Ooh, ah, uh, that's a hard one. Uh, I'll go, I'll go Winter. Winter is more fun. You see the snowboarding and then the giant jumps on the skis. Those are that's pretty fun to watch. And then everyone always gets to make jokes about curling. And I, that, I'm gonna go Winter. Eighteen foot ring or a sixteen foot ring? Eighteen foot ring. There's uh it feels weird getting in a getting in smaller than eighteen. It just feels weird. You just feel like you don't have any room. You're I mean you, you can still make it work, but you you just feel like you have less room to maneuver, so definitely sixteen. Or excuse me, eighteen, not sixteen. Drop kick or super kick? Uh drop kick. Uh, a a pretty drop kick is always helps stand out and uh, there are so many bad super kicks thrown nowadays. I feel like it's rarer to see a bad drop kick because usually when someone does a bad drop kick, they don't do it too many times because it looks so bad. And when you do a bad super kick, it can look kind of good for a minute. Like it, it can look, oh, it kind of looks okay, but it uh, that will encourage a lot of uh, bad wrestlers to just keep throwing bad super kicks. So I'm going to go drop kick. The last one. Jimmy Garvin or Jimmy Uso? Oh, Jimmy Garvin, baby. That, there's just oh, no wait. other way around it. No, no offense to Jimmy Uso. I'm sure he's offended the program, but it's just uh, Jimmy Garvin. He had a great punch. I, I'm a big fan of anyone that had a good punch. Duly noted. That's why you have Count Grog as a manager, I bet. Oh, yeah. Well, it's this point, my co-host, Coach Mike Jones, the coach with the most, is standing by. I know Coach has questions, so I'll pass you over to him for a bit. Sounds good. Hey, What's thanks. going on, Coach? Hey, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I watched some of your matches, and I was impressed. And um, Also, QT, one of the founders of Turnbuckle Turmoil, I'm taking his place right now, but he sent me over a question for you he wanted me to ask. Bring it and on, Coach. He, what you got? Okay, well, first, let me lead into it with this. Sign Guy is a lover of coffee, so I'm sure he would lo- would like to know what's your favorite coffee. Oh, my favorite coffee is just straight shots of espresso, honestly. But uh, if we're talking, uh, like, if I'm just going to a store to get a coffee, I really do like Starbucks. I think Starbucks does a good job. Uh, with their blonde roast. So I like their blonde roast and I like their espresso shots. But pretty much anywhere you go, I'm happy with an espresso shot. Also like a, I also like a hazelnut ground, like, you know, out of the grounds. I don't like syrups. I don't like my coffee flavors to come from syrups. I like them to come from the grounds themselves. So I like hazelnuts. Uh, and that's probably it. Uh, and I drink my coffees black. That's just what... I, I did once when I was skinny. I'm not skinny anymore, but I did once uh, when I was trying to lose weight, and then I got used to it, so now I just drink black coffee. Okay, and have you tried fava beans? 
<laughs> no, I haven't tried them yet. Where? What are those? Uh, what are they, sign? Is like from uh, Thailand? Fava bean. Like it's like a sort of bean that you would eat with your dinner. It's a uh, kind of akin to yeah. a uh, a butter bean almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like from Silence of the Lambs. Like exactly. Okay. And yeah, that's yeah, yeah, leading yeah. up. No, I, I don't like fava beans. Okay, and that's leading up to QT's question. He wanted to know if uh, you would ever have the nerve to go into Hannibal Lecter's prison cell when he was asleep and steal his fava beans, then use them as a foreign object on your next opponent. <laughs> I don't know how I would use the beans on the foreign object. That's just, that's, it seems like a high-risk, low-reward scenario, so I'm going to steer clear of it. I mean, unless I could ensure that I'm going to make my opponent slip on these fava beans, I, I no gain to be had uh, on, yeah. in the terms of the battle in the square circle. Okay, so yeah, we got that out of the way. All right. And then uh, now back to some of your matches. It's like, my goodness, that match with uh, Solo Darling. My God, that was impressive. Um, there was a lot of wonderful, beautiful things in that match. And just by judging her by the book, by the cover, it just seemed like you were going to squash her, you know. Uh, do you have any input yeah. on that match? Uh, which one? The one from the Premier Wrestling Federation or the one from Beyond Wrestling? Because I, I wrestled her a couple times. Okay, let me see which one. Okay. Um, PWI. Uh, it was so in that in that match, yeah, I uh, I really underestimated her. She caught me with an armbar, and I had no no choice but to submit. You know, I. I uh, took my eyes off the prize uh, for for a quarter of a second, and she is such a talented wrestler that you know it's, if you give her an opening, she's gonna take it. And, and she's the limb reaper for a reason. She grabs a hold of a limb, and she's so powerful, uh, even with her compact frame. Uh, she generates a lot of power, explosive power. So you, you know, if you get caught in an armbar like that, you have no choice but you have to tap out. But yeah, I I had control of the match for most of it. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to uh, to see it through at the end of at the end of the day. Yeah, and that match had a lot of things. It, it had almost everything in that match, and where it was impressive. She 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 like had you in trouble a couple times. She like knocked you silly a couple times, and she had some yeah, moves I've never powerful. seen. Yeah, she had she had some moves I never seen before. And then she she had you tied up in knots and was stretching you. And, of course, you couldn't take a light on her because, you know, you already knew she was a a dangerous foe. (laughs) Yeah, you can't take it light. I mean, you you get into the ring with anybody. You can't take them lightly. You know, anybody can uh, can anybody can get caught in a submission. That's what's so fun about pro wrestling is there's no such thing as a – really a lopsided fight, you know, anything can happen in, in a, the confines of a pro wrestling match. And uh, you, you do your best to try to get your game plan going. You get out there. You, this is what I'm trying to do on offense. This is how I'm trying to be defensive uh, against their movesets. And, and when it doesn't work out and doesn't go your way, you, you, you go back to the drawing board and try to come up with a new game plan for the next match. 
Exactly. Yeah, and then I seen your top five moves on the highlight. I think it was Shakira put out, and I agree. Your number one uh, most impressive uh, move is your knockout punch. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've honed that baby for the past eleven years. I've been sharpening that sword. Uh, that's one of my go-to's. Uh, I'm gonna try to knock you out. I, I, I believe in my ability, my knockout power. I mean, if you set up one of those Rocky Four punch machines where you could see how hard I hit, I hit harder than Eddie Kingston. I've I've been at a bar with him to see who hit it harder. I hit it harder than he did. Uh, I, I'm confident in my, my knockout power. So that's why the, one of my go-to moves is the, uh, the knockout punch. There's no reason not to, not to utilize such a, uh, a, a massive strike advantage that I have over most of my opponents. Yes, I definitely agree with you. Cause, uh, I, I had, uh, the pleasure of, uh, doing an MMA match with one of the toughest guys in the Northwest, Mike Santiago. And I beat him with a third round TKO with the uppercut. So I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, it can change the course of a whole match, like in an instant, you know. The right, you know, the right punch like, at the place at the right spot. You know, because like it went to the third round, he got me in the rear naked choke, and I escaped that. And by the third round, I thought to myself, "I'm I'm done with this shit. I'm just gonna start boxing this guy." You know. So yeah, I know what you mean. Yep. And and then uh, so who were some of the people that growing up or some of the people you idolized growing up in in wrestling? Or when you uh, thinking about getting into first, it? First first and foremost my first like favorite favorite wrestler was Diamond Dallas Page. He was he was my Hogan. Like I just fucking love DDP. And uh mm-hmm. he he was the coolest. He, he blended styles. He fought like nobody else. So uh, Diamond Dallas Page, I like Glacier a lot. I only watched WCW growing up because I, my parents thought the WWF Attitude Era was too risque. So uh, okay. I had I was regulated to WCW only. So I loved Rey Mysterio. I loved uh, Dean Malenko. I loved Chris Jericho. I loved Booker T in the Harlem Heat. I loved... Uh, Glacier, I love Canyon or uh, Mortis at the time, and then later Canyon. I love Chris Benoit. You can't say that anymore, but it's just who I loved growing up when when he was in WCW. Uh, who else? Uh, who else did I watch back then? Oh, I liked Bret Hart a lot. I liked Macho Man. Uh, I like Lex Luger. The torture rack was awesome. Uh, nice. Those those were my favorite wrestlers in WCW. Yeah, I I preferred WCW myself, but of course I was switching back and forth, and I would record them both. So I got a huge library oh, from and, back then. And I uh, and uh, Alex Wright, I, I liked Alex Wright a lot, obviously. Oh, he was impressive too. That yeah, Wunda kid, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, and then uh. So, what was your most memorable match? As a fan? As a wrestler. As a wrestler. Um, I had a really great match with Jigsaw in Massachusetts once. Uh, I had a really fun match with Mr. Touchdown for the Young Lions Cup. That was one of my favorite matches. Um, I've wrestled the Young Bucks once. 
Actually, I've wrestled them a couple times. Those those are always fun matches. Uh, I pinned Eddie Kingston in six seconds. That was a, a really fond memory. Nice. Um, what, what else? Uh, my first main event in which was a trios match against the Soul Touchers in Chicago. That was a really fun match. Uh, I, I don't know. All, all the ones I have uh, fond memories of. I had a, a match against Sarah Del Rey uh, at the first ever Chicago pay-per-view, High Noon. That that was a pretty memorable match. So I don't know. There's, there's a whole lot that, uh, that's uh, near and dear to my heart. It's hard to pick between them. Okay. And then what about uh, your toughest opponent? The toughest opponent. Soldier Ant was really tough. Uh, we just beat the crap out of each other. And I was bleeding from my nose and mouth after that match. I took a suplex on the outside in that match. Uh, I'll say Soldier Ant as my, like, my physically toughest opponent. If it's not Soldier Ant, it's Eddie Kingston for sure. And then where's uh, Soldier Guy from? Soldier Ant was from the colony in Chikara. Uh He he had to retire and later go off and do other things. I'm not sure what he had to do, but uh, he he was a very tough man, and uh, he I learned a lot in that match. So uh, wherever you are, Soldier Ant, you're the man. Nice. Okay. And then what about one of your most hated opponents? Oh, I really hate. Uh, I hate Jigsaw, I hate Fire Ant, I hate Green Ant. There's a lot of ants I hate. I also hate Dasha <laughs> Hatfield. I, there's, I mean, who don't I hate? I hate, oh, God. I mean, how how long do we have? We don't have enough time to talk about all the people <laughs> I hate. Yeah. And then, I, of course, I've seen your match with Seymour Snot, which, since I'm a huge oh, fan of science. on that joke. Since I'm a huge fan of Sun Guy, we always say his matches are well officiated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gag. <laughs> okay, and then um, what about uh, growing up? Did you play sports growing up? Uh, I was an amateur wrestler growing up, and I also, I, I mean, I, as a kid, I played baseball, but I wasn't very good. Uh, and then when I got into middle school, like I joined the wrestling team. So in middle and high school, I was on the wrestling team and I would also run cross country to get in shape for wrestling season. So I wasn't, I was never fast. I was literally, I would never run unless someone was forcing me to run. And so the only way to get someone to force me to run was to join a running team. So those were the only sports I did. Okay. And what about, uh your uh, self-defense background besides uh, wrestling? Uh, I took some, I took some uh, fighting classes. Uh, They were like street defense fighting classes in, in uh, middle school and the beginning of high school. And then um, that, that's about it. And I just, uh, yeah, no, I, I took like a couple of striking classes here or there, like, but I never took it to any degree. Like I don't have a belt in anything, but um, I've always known how to hit hard. So um, I've always done my own little combinations and, and such when it comes to punching. But uh, yeah, 
It's just it. amateur wrestling, pro wrestling, a little bit of fighting. Uh, okay. That's pretty much my martial arts background. And then wh- where'd you grow up and where you're from? Uh, I'm from Munich, Germany, but I've lived in uh, eastern North Carolina for a couple of years now. So I, I enjoy the coast here in North Carolina, the Emerald Isle area. Uh, it's very nice. It's a, it's a small town. It's a beach town. Uh, and it's where I'm raising my 11-year-old son right now. So uh, it's it's where I call home for the time being. Nice. Okay. And then uh, uh, let me see. I had something else I was going to say. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, would you recommend any schools that you would recommend? Anybody yeah, I recommend my own school, the uh, the Carolina Wrestling Academy. If you're within striking distance of Newport, North Carolina, the Carolina Wrestling Academy, uh, you know, we have classes three days a week on Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and uh, we do a pretty good job, and I'm pretty proud of it. Uh, if you're in South Carolina, there's a school uh, called PCW. Uh, Palmetto Championship Wrestling. Uh, their their school. I I might be getting the the letters of the name wrong, but it's run by Ethan Case, and he is a fantastic trainer. Uh, he's got fantastic students, and they're all very helpful every time I see them in at an event. So PCW, if you're in uh, South Carolina, if you're in that more in the 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 Piedmont of North Carolina, there's the AML Wrestling. Schools, there's Firestar, there's there's so many good wrestling schools around here that that you're able to learn. Uh, and then uh, Creator Pro Wrestling in New York is so good. Uh, that's run by uh, uh, what's his name Myers. What's his name? It's not Kurt Hawkins anymore, but it's uh, Seth, not Seth Myers. Don't don't take Seth Myers Wrestling School. He's good at comedy, <laughs> not not so much wrestling so much, but. Uh, Brian Myers, Brian Myers. There it is. Sorry, it took a second. Guys, I I've fallen a lot, and my brain has scrambled around <laughs> my skull a lot throughout the years. So, so not all the names pop out when they need to. But the Creator Pro makes some fantastic pro wrestlers. Uh, oh, there's so many good schools. Uh, uh, what's his face? Lance Storm has a good school. I think still. I think he's still teaching. Uh, uh, there's there's no shortage of good schools around, but those are, those are the ones I know off the top of my head. That whenever I see someone new, I go, I hear where they're from. Those are the ones that I'm like, okay, Creator Pro is good, PCW is good, uh, Firestar Pro Wrestling's good. They're out of and they're out of Greensboro, I think, Carolina. So, anyways, there you go. And then, pro wrestling schools. Just a couple more quick ones. Um. Have you ever got to work with Cuball Carmichael, who's from the area? Uh, I haven't worked with him. I've been on the same show as him before, but I've never worked with him. But, uh, yeah, he's he's a veteran presence here in North Carolina, and uh, anytime I see him, I get to learn something. So uh, yeah. I appreciate yeah. Mr. Carmichael. Nice. Okay, and then uh, – one last thing, what any advice for anybody wanting to get into the business? Um, any advice in general? Let me think. Uh, I would say uh, 
do it as long as it's making you money or if it's making you happy. And if it's not doing one of those two, then you should stop. If, uh, if you're, because it's too physical of an activity to do it without being a hundred percent bought in it with your whole heart. So, um, if you ever have seeds of, uh, of like, I don't want to do this anymore, then you should probably stop. Uh, and then, or and find a different role, um, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, producing, becoming a coach, teaching someone how to do it, being a manager, being a commentator. There's always ways to still be involved in pro wrestling, uh, exactly. but you don't you don't have to always wrestle, and you should take that in consideration because uh, your body is very fragile and, you know, over the years of bumping and bumping and bumping and taking hits and, you know, that starts to add up and you have to think that, uh, you can't do it forever because you can, and you have to think about, uh, walking around with your grandkids one day. So you have to be judicious about your bumps and, uh, try to take care of yourself by going to the chiropractor or going to the gym keeping up with the regiment and uh, not not killing yourself uh, and giving yourself permanent damage, whether it's brain damage or just joint damage in general. Just be careful what you're doing with your meat vehicle that is your body. Nice. All right. Well, hey, I want to wish you continued success. We appreciate you having you on. It's been an honor. And uh, thanks a lot. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks a lot, guys. So uh, I'm oh, sure what, Stein's got um, some yeah, I did have uh, one other question. Uh, speaking of only having the one body and it being fragile and so forth, everybody knows if you're in wrestling for any length of time, there's going to be the occasional injury that pops up. What are some of the injuries that you've had to deal with in your career? Uh, I tore my rotator cuff. Lariat, uh, thrown a lariat in 2018, 2017, 2018. I had to have that surgically repaired. I tore my ACL, not in a match, but in regular life. And I had to have that. That was a complete tear. So I had to have that reattached and rehabbed. Um, in amateur wrestling, I broke two of my vertebrae and my neck. Um, uh, what else? I think that's about it. I, I've been relatively fortunate, and I and there was I think there was only one time I got a for sure concussion, and then there's been a couple other times where there were probably many concussions. But I, for the most part, I I've done a pretty good job of avoiding injuries, um, but you still are gonna get them. And uh, I actually kind of like it whenever I have a surgery because then I get to have a vacation from my regular job. I call them my surgery vacations. <laughs> And so it's always nice to be able to kick your feet up and, and just worry about physical rehab before you have to go back to work. So. Now, in the course of your career, have you ever been on a show just in general or maybe even directly in a match and witnessed an injury that – you thought was going to be really catastrophic for the person that happened to maybe career ending or who was going to land him in the hospital or anything like that? Uh, yeah, there was one show where Andrew Evitt, Everett, 
came to the Premier Wrestling Federation was wrestling Colby Carino, and he just ran and jumped. And it wasn't even a crazy Andrew Everett move. It was just him running and jumping, and his knee just completely blew out, and he had to go to the hospital, the emergency room that night. And he ended up getting surgery, and it was it was a rough recovery because any time you have to get something completely reattached, and I can't remember what the extent of his injuries were, but his knee basically exploded. And uh, I always felt bad for him because it, you, you hate, you feel bad for anybody that gets injured. You know, you hate to see it. It's, it's a uh, unfortunate inevitability in pro wrestling, but uh, whenever you see it, you can't help but, feel bad for whoever is injured at the time as, as long as you're some type of human that understands empathy and uh you know be, are you able to put yourself in other people's shoes which is basically what empathy is but i'll explain it again for some reason now we mentioned earlier that you don't necessarily like to read books on the history of wrestling and so forth but Count Grog has come out with a few record books that highlights the career records of certain wrestlers. Wahoo McDaniel stands out to me for sure that Count Grog worked long and hard to produce that particular book. Have you picked up any of the Count Grog record books that he's produced so far? Uh, I'm waiting for my own personalized copies. He's supposed to be sending them. I I assume they're going to be in my mailbox any day now because I said, Grog, we go too far back. I'm not going to give you a dime, a red penny. You're not getting anything out of me. Send me the books for free. Send them to me right now. That's what I said. And he said, okay, 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 fair enough. And so these books should be here any second now. I can't wait. Hopefully they show up tomorrow or Monday. Now, we have established in this program that one of your most hated enemies in your whole life is Seymour Snot, but ah, he has I, a... I spit every time you, I hear the name. I, I have to spit on the ground. I'm sorry for the people that have to walk by you in this COVID era, but... Uh, your arch enemy produced one of the top talents to come out of the Carolina regions in several years, that being Timmy Lou Retton, uh, TLR, as he likes to go by now. Uh, he recently returned to Gouge over the summer, recaptured the Gouge heavyweight title. It was his first time back there in quite a while. But what do you think of the job? that Timmy Lou Retton has been able to do thus far in his career, even though his trainer is someone that makes you spit on the ground? Uh, well, I think he actually goes by the infinite man nowadays, T-I-M, the infinite man. So, uh, But uh, Tim is such a special uh, pro wrestler. Uh, he impresses me every time I see him. He seems to get better every time I see him, and I'm blown away every time I see him. So even though I hate his trainer with every single fiber of my being, I have to tip my cap and give the devil his due. Uh, he's produced a absolutely phenomenal wrestler that North Carolina is proud of. 
Now, since you do hate the person that would make you spit on the ground so much, do you ever look up on YouTube and look at his very early matches and watch when the great Kali would choke slam him and break his nose and things of that nature just to get a good laugh? Yeah, absolutely. I play. I when I tuck my son into bed every night, I play the great great Kali breaking Seymour Snot's nose. I say, all right, I tuck him in, tuck 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 tuck, and then I take a big bite because I act like he's a burrito now. And then I say, let's watch the again. Let's watch the video. The great Kali breaking Seymour Snot's nose, and there it is. And then I give him a kiss on the head, and I say good night. That's what we do every single night. Very interesting. Now, looking down the road a few years, do you foresee a time when your son will take over the mantle and he will enter the wrestling profession and he will try to go after that man whose nosy watches break every night before he goes to Betty Bye? If he wants to, uh, I would never push him towards anything. Uh, he's really into drying right now and uh making videos and and he always talks about wanting to be a video game designer so I'm trying to be as uh uh I'm trying to be as helpful as I can to get him towards that path while that's what he wants to do but if he changes his mind and wants to be a wrestler I'll help him do that too so it's it's whatever he wants to do Aubrey Edwards of AEW has proven you can do both jobs all at the same time that's the so, truth. A lot, a lot of people at AEW are running two jobs at the same time. Britt Baker's still a dentist, and uh, so I mean, it's, I just want to, I want him to do whatever he wants to do, and I'll, I'll do whatever I can to help him get there. That sounds like a solid parenting advice right there. Well, we are down to the last few minutes of the show, and I want to make sure you have ample time if there is anything you would like to say to the listeners today plug and promote anything and everything you have, social medias, merchandise, upcoming appearances, your favorite bagel place, anything at all, floor is all yours. I appreciate it. Uh, so the promotion that I own is the Premier Wrestling Federation, the PWF. If you go to YouTube, PWF Live, uh, you'll get to watch. We upload the shows for free. Uh, we upload all the individual matches. So just Go there, click on something, watch some stuff. Uh, I have a really great uh, locker room there, and I'm very proud of all the, the uh, all the wrestlers in the Premier Wrestling Federation. So, and I do commentary on it. So, if you like hearing me talk tonight, I do a whole lot of talking on, on all those uh, all those videos. So, uh, we're on Facebook, we're on uh, Twitch, where I think some. I think we're going to have a, uh, a a watch-along party for the most recent events we take uh, coming up in the next week or so. So uh, just check out the Premier Wrestling Federation, uh, and that's that's about it. Uh, that's all I care about right now. Yeah, just check that out. Sounds like a plan. And, all, and, all, and, watch, and watch Breaking Bad. Uh, I forgot. That's always a plug. Uh, you... Breaking Bad. I had nothing to do with it. It's just the best show of all time. So there's a plug for Breaking Bad too, as well. Right. Not Breaking Bad too. There's not a second Breaking Bad, but there you go. 
You can also watch Seymour Schnott's nose break pretty bad, apparently. <coughs> there it is. All right. Well, Jakob Hammermeyer, I want to thank you very, very much for taking the time to be with us here today. I appreciate it greatly. Despite your manager punching in my face, it was a pleasure to have worked with you at Gouge. Hopefully we will have the opportunity to do that again some point. Best of luck as you continue on with your career. Best of luck with your own promotion, and hopefully we'll get you back on this very show, and we'll do this again sometime down the road. Sounds good, guys. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank, Thank you so you much. Thank you very much. Fans, definitely get out there and support Mr. Hammermeyer. He's a fantastic talent, great promoter. He knows what he's doing in there. I think you will definitely enjoy what he does, so search him out on the YouTubes. There's a lot out there. A lot of his Jakara stuff is on the YouTubes. So make sure you watch that. If you have any Jakara-based questions on what he was doing in that promotion, Beast Barnett is your man, as he is our official Jakara expert. So make sure you forward any and all Jakara Jakob Hammerlier questions to Beast Barnett. You can join us. This coming Sunday, we'll be back with you. We have Simply Sensational Fabio Los. He was known in ECW as Sir Christopher Michaels. Bill Pierce is the man's name. He has had many monikers, but he'll be with us on Sunday afternoon to discuss his very lengthy and interesting career. He's been many, many places wrestled many, many top talents. We'll be talking to him. And one week from this very day, we will be back with you with Riley Rose out of the great state of Ohio. So make sure you have plans to be with us. Definitely get out there and support your local independent professional wrestling. WrestlePro is where you can find the debuting Y-Perry Jones in Rawway, New Jersey. So get out there support your local independents. Make plans to be with us. Stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, sign. Yeah. Uh, uh, you already cut it off? Uh, go ahead, Coach. Oh, I, I wanted to make sure everyone uh, followed us on uh, Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, and uh, um. Yeah, we got Coach Mike Jones, a coach with the most. We got the NGW Green Room, the Real School Army, um, and also on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Coach Mike Jones. Absolutely. You can find the NGW Green Room there on the YouTubes. Almost never in an actual green room, but still, it's the NGW Green Room, and you've had hundreds of some of the top talents in pro wrestling enter that green room, Coach. So people should definitely check it out. You can always find us on Turnbuckle Turmoil on Facebook. You can look me up, Sign Guy, on Facebook. Also, Chicken Bob has the social media. Chicken Bob can be found on the Book of Faces, the Twitters, and he's got his gram. You know how Chicken Bob loves that gram. Yeah. So and then a couple yeah. other things. Um, excuse me. Yeah, go ahead, Coach. A couple other things. Uh, 
One time we actually had Frankie Kazarian in on in the green room at uh, Cauliflower Alley while he goes, I don't see no green room, but during the video you notice there's a green light shining on his face. <laughs> and then also we just put out our new logos today for NGW Worldwide. We're planning on going worldwide, coming at you live soon. Very, very cool. I can't wait for the NGW show in Guam to happen at some point. We're going worldwide. Exactly. All right, well, fans, check all of that out. The logos are fantastic. I saw them just a little bit ago. So check out all the stuff NGW-related, and we'll be back with you Sunday.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.